Hi everyone, this is Jordana Barachov and welcome to season two of Drink It In, the podcast. In this season, Rise to the Challenge, we will meet different women who have struggled throughout their lives and managed to thrive despite those challenges from self-doubt, losing a loved one, or rediscovering their path in life. Each episode brings with it a different challenge with different insights. I know it inspired me to rise higher, and I hope it does the same for you. Hi, everyone. This is Jordana Barachov from Drink It In, the podcast. This is our second series. We are discussing in this series life's challenges and how we get over uh, those life challenges. And I have a very, very interesting guest for you today. Her name is Abigail Fly. I call her Abby. And before I even let her talk, I must, must tell everybody how Abby and I met because this is definitely uh, a sign from heaven, most definitely. Um, right before Passover, I had gone into Brooklyn. I live in New Jersey and I had gone into Brooklyn to do my shopping in a store called Glatmar. I was going to be going to Orlando for Passover and they ship your food to Orlando for you. So I did this whole big shop, my whole Passover shopping in Glatmar on Avenue M. And the lines were long, very long. And Abby at that point in time was working at Glatmart. I later found out it was only a short period of time. And so was, this makes the story even more amazing. And she was friendly, I'm friendly. And we start talking and I find out this most unbelievable story that Abby's on a journey. And I want you to hear about this journey from Abby herself. So Abby, please tell everybody who you are, where you're from, give it to us. Okay, so um, I was born into a military family and my mother is from Wales and my father is American. So I became a dual citizen. I've had, I wanna say 24 addresses over the course of my life and I'm 21. Mm. I've lived in England, Wales, Germany, and the US. Um, and when I was 10 years old, um, uh, my, my mother is a very, devout evangelical Christian. She's a pastor now. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's very important. So um, I was at church and we were going to one of these big, you know, um, th these big Joel Osteen type churches with the, with the millions of people. There was an, there, there was, there's actually an airport on site and, um, and they absolutely love Eretz Israel. And they had a night to honor Israel where they invited over the local shul. It was like conservative, I think. But um, we sang Jewish songs, we danced, we waved the flag of Eretz Israel and something just clicked. And I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm Jewish. <laughs> not, not knowing anything about Yiddishkeit, I, I went up to my mother and I said, I was crying and I was like, mom, we're Jewish. And she said, what about Yashka? What about JC? And I said, well, Yashka told me we're Jewish. <laughs> and, 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 then you did this, and you were 10 years old, right? Right. And I, I became absolutely obsessed with 
with the idea of being Jewish. And the only thing I knew about Judaism was that you can't have bacon. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but it was, it was a start, you know? And um, I went through my whole life with, with that inside of me. It was dormant at times. I, I, went, I went through a lot as a kid. Um, I mean, it was nothing compared to what, what happened when I came to New York. So, um, can I pause you for a second? For a second, mm -hmm. I don't want to get to, I, I know that's, that's going to be juicy, but oh, I sure. want to just interject for a second, if I can, Abby, because the, the age is important. Because when she told me this story, when I was standing online at Glatmar, and she told me it happened at age 10, I shared a story with Abby and I told her about a character from the Bible from, happens to be from the story of Joshua, who this woman later becomes Joshua's wife. Her name is Rachav, and we are told through the oral Torah that she also came to the realization of Judaism at age 10, because wow. Rachav had experienced uh, the splitting of the sea at age 10, and for years and for years, she was searching and searching for these people of who did God do this miraculous thing for? Like, who did he split the sea for? Like, she, she was like spellbound by it. And then when she finally met uh, two Jews, uh, Israelites that came to her house and she ended up protecting them, her household was saved. She lived in Jericho and her household was saved. And she later then is taken in and she later marries Joshua, who's the leader. So I told Abby this story that, how amazing it happened to her when she was 10. You have this character in the Bible that happened to when they were 10. I mean, I just thought it was mind blowing. I, you know, like I was like, oh, you know, maybe her name, <laughs> we should change your name, Abby, right? No, we're not gonna change your name. But anyway, so then Abby continued to tell me some of the things that were going. Now, before you even even go there, Abby, she does have an Instagram account. She started right. on her journey. Could you tell everyone just what your Instagram account is called? Um, it's at myjewish.journey. Right, because she's just, you could just follow her journey to Judaism, which is beautiful. I assume that was your goal of starting 100%, that. 100%, so many people ask for my story and I just feel like it's great to have it all in one place with pictures from my childhood, you know, things like that to kind of visualize the process, how I went from A to B, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, now, so now we're going to get into it. We're going to go into those challenges. I know you're going to, you wanted to hit that. Um, now, when you go to your life, you were about to go into, I think, going to New York. I think that's what you were about to say. Right. Okay, go. Right. Okay. So I wanted to be an actress since I was seven years old, even before Judaism hit. And it was all I knew. And my mother was convinced that that's what the JC wanted for me also. And, you know, so she was supportive, which is, you know, it's not bad to be supportive of an artistic career, you know, support that. But um, it, I ended up in New York because of it. So um, when, um, so I was, a, when I was 16, I was admitted into this, um, this organization called AMTC, which is Actors, Models and Talent for JC. And, and, um, which, At the end, does everyone know what they're what you're referring to when you say JC? Do you not want to say? Um, well, the halacha is that you're not supposed to say the names of other deities. So I suppose um, JC is just just for the purpose of everyone knowing it's Jesus. Okay. Um, 
Okay, I just wanted to clarify that for anybody who's listening. Okay, continue. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, so I was admitted into this organization where they would cha- train people who were already um, talented in, um, in, act- in the arts, in acting, modeling, singing, all of that. And then they would train you in how to market yourself in the en- entertainment industry as a Christian. So I was part of that. And at the end of a year, uh, they took us to Florida where we performed in front of talent managers and agents, all, all sorts of big people in the industry like that for a week. Mm-hmm. And through that, I got $50,000 in scholarships just to two schools in New York, to the New York Film Academy and the New York Conservatory of Dramatic Arts. And I was so drawn to the New York Film Academy, like you would not believe. I um, actually always thought I was going to go to California because that's where Hollywood is, you know? And, um, but later we were like, at the end of the year, it was, um, it was Christmas and we were visiting my family in the UK, my mother's parents. And I had a dream and I walked downstairs and my mother was laying on the couch and, and I, I looked at her and I said, mom, I'm going to New York. She said, okay. And I sat bolt upright in bed and I said, going to New York. <laughs> and that was it. That was, you know, I, I truly believed that that's what I was supposed to do. And that there were, there were, there was nothing else, you know? Um, and so I made preparations to do so. And I didn't know anything about how to get into college. I didn't know about loans. So I kind of just, I was like, okay, well, if God wants me to do this, he's going to send the finances, right? So I, when the finances didn't come, I said, well, I'm supposed to do this. So the day before school, I get on a plane and I, and the next, and I land in JFK the next morning and I walk into school with my bags and, um, I, I just showed up with, um, I had met some people the summer before and they walked up to me and they said, you're an actress, aren't you? And I said, who are you? <laughs> and they said, when you come to New York, um, we'll do your headshots. So I called them like, like two days before. And I said, Is, do you know of anywhere I could stay when I get to New York? And they said, come stay by us. So I was in New Jersey too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I started and then I, I, I got there and I realized, oh no, loans, money, <laughs> reality. And um, so I, I, I started um, applying for loans and things were going through faster than they usually would. And then I, um, my father was not so supportive of me and he would only co-sign on loans that forced me to pay, fine, whatever. You know, it's my life, I can, you know, I can pay for it. But then he put false information on my FAFSA mm-hmm. in order to get to, to bring me back to to him in Texas, and um, that that got me kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. And then the people I was staying with said, "Well, if God really wanted you here, it would it, it would have worked out. And if you don't find a job and a place to live within a week, you either have to go back to your mother or father, or you just have to get out." Mm-hmm. And you'll never believe I actually found a job in a week. I got a job in Long Island as a children's party clown. 
And that was a really fun job. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but um, then I thought I had found a place to live in Manhattan for $500. <laughs> Too good to with be a true. private bathroom. With a private bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too good to be true, huh? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, me being 18 years old, I thought that was legit. And 500 seemed like a lot to me. And yeah. <laughs> so that week that I was scammed and, uh, and I was looking for the place to live, the place to work, uh, some family friends who I hadn't seen since I was like 12 years old just happened to be in the area for their son's wedding like ridiculous odds because they they live in Europe they live in Europe and they I met up with them and they said you know we're staying with these people in Long Island and they have an annex um maybe maybe you could call them see if he could work something out while you're still looking for a place and I was like okay um in my head I'm like I'm gonna be independent I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want to do you know <laughs> I didn't realize that was Hashem giving me, sending me the boat in the flood, you know? Yes. So I, I laugh at myself now, but then, you know, and that was actually the day I deposited the, the check that would be stolen from me. Mm. Um, but funny, funny timing. But so I, I believed everything was going to work out because I knew I was supposed to be there. I, that it was, I was completely un undeterred like not nothing was phasing me nothing and I came to the day where I was going to be kicked out so I took my bags and I went to work mm. I just went to work and I was fetching about it on I was complaining about it on the phone to um to, to somebody and one of my co-workers actually heard me and they said do you want to sleep on my couch tonight it's like yes oh, <laughs> because I... I was now homeless Right. So Waiting. Very painful. Very painful. It's not, I mean, even before this really, Abby, going from place to place to place wasn't like you really had a home, but now, now it's like rock bottom you're hitting, right? Absolutely. I was just, I, I was completely like, the, the, the despair is just not something I ever thought I, I would, I, it's not something you can really imagine feeling, but when it hits you, like it's, it's really, really indescribable. And I'm, I, I'm amazed that, you know, God forbid, I, I, I would, you know, take my life or something like that, but that's, that's really where I was at. It sounds quite um, painful. It was must have right. been very painful. hundred, 112%, you know, yeah. but you know, I, I thank God for it. I, I really, really do. I was homeless for about a week and every day I would go from college friend house to college friend's house. And one night I was out of friends and I, I sat outside, outside of a Burger King actually for hours. And I was that was my lowest, just having nowhere to go. But even, even in that incredibly dark place, I still had the, 
the determination, even though I was sobbing and like, and I missed my mom and I had almost no money. I had no food, you know, like I was, I knew I was supposed to be there. It was, I, I can't describe it any other way. It, it, it was really meant to be. And I actually sat outside that Burger King for until 11 o'clock, 11.30 about. And I got a text from somebody and I started complaining again. I'm homeless, life is the worst. And you know, it kind of was. Um, but they said, oh, where are you? And I said, um, at lower, I was in lower Manhattan at the time. So I told, and I said, oh yeah, I could come pick you up. You can sleep in my car. And I find out that this is actually an Uber driver I'd had. Mm. And when I was in New Jersey and I was like, what else am I going to do? Mm. So I slept in his car. And then the next day he actually got me a hotel where, where I, I, I had my own bed. I had, I had food. I had, I had drinks. And that night I got a call from the people in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, how are you? And I said, I, I'm homeless. They said, come to us tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I packed my bags from New Jersey and I trekked to Long Island. And you know, when you think of an annex, you think of like this, um, I, I thought of it as like a dingy, you know, whatever place that I really didn't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. and it turned out it was actually a renovated studio apartment that happened to be attached to their house. It had a fireplace, it was furnished, a washer dryer, everything. And these people bought food for me for like the first two weeks I was there. Wow. Wow. They what gave me clothes. Kindness. They, yeah. It was just incredible. And from there, I met the manager of Glatmart's son. Um, and he was like, you need a job. And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the clown thing didn't really work out for, for a super long time. But <laughs> so he got me a job at Glatmart and I was there for two and a half years. And when I tell you that I was so grateful, I was so grateful. Like you hear so many stories in the customer service industry of, you know, bad customers and bad this, bad that. I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't see bad, annoying people. I saw, I get, I get to serve. I get to have a job here. And not only that, it was with the people that I felt like I belonged with since I was 10 years old. Right, right. And the, the way I was raised, I was told that we need to evangelize the Jews and we need to bring them to, to JC and, you know, and that wasn't in my mind. All I wanted to do was bless God's chosen people. And that was my prayer every morning. And then the more I learned, the, the more I became frustrated with, with my Gentileness. Aww. Like I used to get so angry if people told me to have a good weekend instead of a good Shabbos. Mm. 
like and I didn't know why like I didn't like I didn't it didn't hit me and I so you so you so maybe so wanted to be a part of the of, of this new community that you were really learning mm-hmm. so much about and you wanted to feel accepted so maybe right. perhaps that was the pain that you were feeling yeah yeah now, 100% so w- now if you don't mind I'm just going to jump in a little bit um you know, you had said, you said that blessing, you know, you said that to yourself in the morning and your morning prayers. Did you use any other things to help you get through being homeless? Like what, like what was, you said it was despair. You were like really down in dumps. What got you through it? It, when I had that dream, it was like, it was like God took a pen and wrote on my heart that I was supposed to be in New York. And that's the only way I can explain, explain it. When you feel that the create, uh, you know, Christians believe that God talks to them and everything is God. Everything that happens to you is, is from God. But, you know, obviously there are no more prophets. <laughs> so but at the time I had felt that I was, I had been spoken to by God. So when you feel like you've been spoken to by the creator of the universe, it's like, what, what, what mountain can he not crumble? Cause he made it, you know? And what was my struggle to him? Mm. If I felt like I, I knew I knew in my heart that I was supposed to be there. So he was going to get me out of the situation. He right. was going, he was going, he was going to help me make it. Right. He was going to carry you through. He was going to carry you through. hundred percent. He's sending you, he's going to carry you. And I, th- I think even in Judaism, we believe that there are so many times in the Bible that God says to, you know, mm-hmm. the different fathers don't have, don't have any fear. I got you. You got this, right? Even when the Jews are in the desert, he, you know, the, the Jews wanted to go back. The Israelites wanted to go back to Egypt. And he says, what are you doing? If I got you out of Egypt, I could get you wherever you need to go, right? Exactly. So, you know, it's a similar concept, a similar concept. So that's what got you through that struggle, that, 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 that vision that God, uh, you had a divine inspiration, whether we want to call it literally God spoke to you. Yeah, it's no. definitely a divine inspiration. <laughs> but, you, know, that yeah. you, had that, you had that calling and that's what got you through that strongness and that, and that mantra that you would say to yourself in the morning. That's right. That's right. Wow. Wow. And now, and now what do you do? Like you have a, do you have a mentor? I know you even, you were texting me with once you like, I found my rabbi, but I'm saying before <laughs> that, <laughs> before that, do you, was there people that you felt that you could communicate with and share this with to help you also get through things? Well, I'll be honest. No, oh. I, but even though I didn't have people around me, I, I prayed. I prayed like nobody's business. I, I, I really, you know, I doubled down <laughs> like that. Um, I, I would talk to my mother, but she, you know, she was all, I didn't want to worry for even more than she, she already was, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I, I would pray mm. and I, I would talk to God. That's, That's how you got through. That was it. And what was your biggest fear throughout all of this? 
that that I was wrong the whole time and that that's that's when I was still a Christian it was and then when I started to come into Judaism it was what if I'm wrong about this and what if I what what if JC comes back one day and um I I am get I get thrown to get to to hell and then after that it was my whole life was a lie (laughs) that self-doubt that self-doubt was eating at you right that's your biggest fear yeah how do you so how do you deal with that self-doubt now today what do you do well I take it as it comes I I say okay this is what I'm thinking now what now it's a hard question. <laughs> Sorry. If, I, I mean I, I still I still deal with self-doubt. I, I feel like everybody does. Um, but I I really separated myself from it. And I look at it like like separate from me. And I said, okay, this is how I feel now, but but I'm just gonna keep I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to make, take another step. I'm just going to keep going and it will solve itself out. Right. So you're saying, take it by the moment. Um, it's like, uh, like, uh, don't let it engulf you. Don't let right. it overtake your life. Live, feel it, live it. Meaning that doubt is there, but you try exactly. to separate a little bit. You're saying from what I'm understanding. And then you say, okay, now take another step and another step. And before you know it, you look back, wow, you walked a mile. Exactly, exactly. Okay, that's that's unbelievable. Now, what would you say throughout this whole process? You know, you're still young, you're a young girl. Uh, so you're, <laughs> you know, you have your whole life ahead of you. But up until now, what would you say throughout this whole process and all these struggles, what would you say was your like proudest moment through all of this? Every day is my proudest moment. Mm, I love that. I love that. Every day is your proudest moment. I love that. Oh, explain that. I love it. I love it. So because I, I worked so hard at Glatmart for, for two and a half years, and because I worked at Glatmart, I made it to, to Oh Hell Worry, where I, I, care for spe- with, I care for adults with special needs. And every time I look at them, I, I think I went through so much to get here. I went through so much through so much to realize the, the, the truth that that the, the truth about Judaism and that that's what I'm supposed to be. That's what I always was. I'll I'll be honest, the more the more things I learned about Judaism, the more me I feel. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um but every time I learn something new, I say, wow, God trusted me with truth. And that's my proudest moment. And it's, it's just going to keep getting more and more as I keep going. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what I believe. Well, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to love your life. <laughs> you're going to love your life. Um, uh, just to, just to clarify something for us. I know you had said you worked in Glatmart for two and a half years, but when we met, mm-hmm. you, you had, you hadn't been really working there anymore. Correct. That's right. Right. That's what was so amazing about this whole story. 
you had only come back just for like three weeks, right? Before you're going to start your yeah. new job. That's why it's like, right? Right. That's, I think I just wanted to clarify that for everybody that we, it was just in that window of time that yeah, it was paths, just incredible. Right. That our paths crossed and that we both have these, these extrovert personalities that we just <laughs> talked it up and just connected right, right away. It was unbelievable. I'm unbelievable. surprised you got your bill right. <laughs> right. Right. That's what you said. We were talking so much. She's amazed that she got it right. Um, where are you now in the conversion process? May I ask? Right. So, um, a couple months ago, I was in the car on the way back from Jersey, funny enough, and I realized that Christianity was completely wrong. And for you, I, for you, I don't want to, I don't know if anyone's listening. Well, for me. Right. Okay. For me. <laughs> Got to be very careful here. Right. Sorry. <laughs> so I, from, I had already been trying to uh, not. Try, I, I was trying to learn. I was trying to educate myself on Judaism. And I, ha I had been keeping all the holidays as much as I was able to as a Gentile. And um, I, was I was keeping Shabbos as much as I was able to as a Gentile. And actually, I, I, I made it through Tanis Esther. That, okay. that was my first fast. Wow. And... Um, and I taught myself how to read Hebrew. Wow. I taught myself all the blessings of over food. Um, I taught myself the, the blessing after washing for bread. Mm. Um, all, all sorts of things. Every time I had a, a great question, I would ask a customer, actually. <laughs> and so, really, the village raised me. <laughs> right, exactly. But... Um, a couple weeks ago, I said, okay, well, I completed the fast. Pa Passover came and went, and that was the last holiday I needed to complete a cycle. Oh. And I said, I'm ready to find my rabbi. So I started looking, and he, this um, rabbi um, had been recommended to me by several different people. And I called him, and he asked me my story, and I told him pretty briefly and he said okay well you need to tutor and come to my classes on Thursdays so I just started that <laughs> oh and now how much longer does it take now before you could actually convert so it's different for everybody um it could be because I've already been learning so much that I might be shorter for me now going forward okay. but it I'm expecting it to take a, a year onwards it's in the grand scheme of things what's a year to, to compare to the rest of my life correct correct wow. so it it takes as long as it takes but right yeah <laughs> I'm so excited for you if anybody wants to reach you Abby what would be the best way for them to contact you if they had questions they wanted to just get to know you a little bit better what would be the best way right so my Instagram is again my uh Jewish my Jewish dot journey sorry <laughs> Um, on Instagram, and it's also the same on TikTok if you have TikTok. Okay. Um, once again, that is my Jewish dot journey. So yeah, um, feel free to message if you have any questions, any anything, anything. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for joining us and really sharing that that painful, painful struggle of being homeless and feeling like you had no one but but God to get you through it and. Uh, I'm sure our listeners really could uh, 
to take a lesson from that and glean something from that. So thank you so much, Abby. I so appreciate it. So Jordana Baraka from Drink It In. I hope you all drank that in. Have a great, <laughs> great day. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In, the podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at drinkitin underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.